All right. Should we do this thing? Uh, we can. All right. I'm not exactly <laughs> All right. not fully prepared, right. but I don't. Come I don't on. have Let's like. Do Let's do it. I don't have like references or sources for anything. But well, come on. It's interface. We never have references or sources. <laughs> yep. Hello and welcome to Interface. My name is Andrew Lilja and with me, literally as always, is Ian Fuchs. Uh, today Chase can't make it because he has a scheduling conflict, so that inspired us to talk about uh, scheduling apps and ways people have decided to try to make this easier because as it turns out, it's quite challenging to uh, schedule meetings with your friends, family, and coworkers. That's true and it's, it's extra funny because I just started listening to episode 8 where we started off the episode talking about how Chase had a scheduling conflict. <laughs> Yeah. So I'm, uh-huh. I'm I'm noticing a trend. I promise he'll be back maybe one day. Maybe I don't know. He's got he's a grad student. He's got a baby. He's got a wife. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so so calendars managing calendars. I mean, the truth is that a big part of the problem is uh, uh, just people. I mean, as always with computers, right? Like the problem is always people. Um. Yeah, I think that's probably half of the problem. I think the other half of the problem could be something more along the lines of having multiple calendars, which is my bigger issue with calendar management stuff. Um, like what? So, for for example, I have my work calendar, which is through Office 365. Mm-hmm. 365. Yeah, something like that. I have my Google calendar, which is the one that I share with you guys and that I use for, um, like when I schedule meetings through the Echo, it uses my Google calendar and all of that. But then I have my iCloud calendars, and there are multiples that I use for different things. So I have like things to do around the house, which has things like change the furnace filter and appointments that I have, like doctor's appointments and stuff like that. Um, it also has a shared calendar that I share with, with my wife, and she can put things on that. So for me, it's like whenever I get an invitation, it's look at the one calendar and then have to look at all the other calendars to make sure that it doesn't conflict with any of the other calendars and... My my guess is that's where that's where Chase is running into the issue here with uh, scheduling for the podcast. He has a calendar that he uses to communicate with us, but it may not be the same calendar that he uses for his work related stuff. Um, although I think he he kind of right. tried to shoot that down and saying he used Google for all of it, but I'm not sure I'm buying it. Yeah, there's no excuse. So I have one, two, three, four calendars, just personally, and then uh, a fifth one that is work. And I just manage them all by using the default, the OSX calendar mm-hmm. app uh, on my desktop and just displaying all the calendars. And then it ties into everything else. I've got status board going in the living room with uh, all my calendars split on there. It's on my phone. It's super convenient. I just use them as categories for keeping things organized. Uh, but the trick here is to keep them all in a central place. And iOS does a really good job of combining all these calendars sure. together so that it's essentially completely transparent, transparent and frictionless. <laughs> I've heard that. Um, I mean, I use Google Calendar as my primary system. It sort of is the backbone, and it syncs across everything. But otherwise, I don't really worry about it because it's just everything. Maybe it's because I'm so tied into the the Apple infrastructure, but everything I use just shows up at the same time everywhere. Uh, And because everything taps into the same calendar API, it makes it really easy to have everything shown up there. The only thing is that I also use uh, Office 365 for my work calendar, and that doesn't sync to this. So I, this is not a joke. Every time I get a new meeting invitation or something like that, I manually add it to my personal calendar so I can just go to that as my reference location. And I could include it here, 
but then I'd have to give the company that I'm working for right now complete control over more control than I would like, I guess, over my current uh, my calendars and email and computers and devices sure. and that kind of thing. And I think my I, so I have my 365 calendar goes into the OSX mail app and my iOS mail app and everything else. But there's still the confusion of like if I accept it in one of like so I get a calendar invitation just to keep everything all in one central place. So at least I'm looking at them all together. If I accept it in one place, does it actually accept it? Do I have to? So a lot of times I notice like it comes in on my phone. I open up the calendar app and I say, okay, accept this meeting invitation. And then I look at my email on Outlook on my computer and it's showing that I haven't accepted the meeting yet or it's not on the calendar yet. And so because everything uses its own proprietary systems, but they don't, but it seems like they all have their own little nuances or something. And, and yes, some of this, maybe you could point the finger at, at Apple and say, Hey, the way you're handling these acceptings or not acceptings isn't as seamless as it should be. Um, but it, it still adds that extra layer of confusion and complexity. And, and I like you have done the same thing where it's like, okay, I'll just accept it on my, my work calendar and then I'll copy it over to another calendar that shows up somewhere else because I want it there. Um, so with the echo, you can say like, what's on my schedule today and it'll read off. Here's all the things that are on your calendar, but it's only going to do the things on that one Google calendar that it's synced with. So yeah, it, really? because it, it can only tie in with a Google account or through a Google account. Uh, and that's just a, an Alexa echo type thing. Um, see, that's a problem I think with, and that's, uh, that's something with, with that's the way, the way they're handling it. Because, that's a problem. Right. Because here's mine. Like here's, I'm using the, the notification center dropped on an iOS and it does a really good job. It's Monday, June 6th. And it says the things that are coming to my calendar, like it's going to be a heavier day than yours or something like that. I mean, because this is a super light day for me, I only have two things on my calendar, but on really heavy days, it lists it all out and it's really nice. And it says what's coming up next. And then it can even include traffic reports. that will say how long it's going to take. Absolutely. To and, th- and those are huge things like the travel time and the, getting the alerts when it's time to leave for the thing. Uh, right. So like I said, that's, that's kind of an issue with the Alexa thing, but I've, I've gone to the system of copy one thing from one calendar to another or move a thing from one calendar to another, just so that it shows up in the, the place that I would prefer it to show up, which I guess in theory helps. I don't know. I think the inclusion of travel times and stuff like that, uh, are, is perhaps the most powerful change to, uh, to calendars in a long time. The sort of this, this influence of smart information around it. So it can look at like Google maps will Google calendar. It'll say like, okay, you have, I looked at your calendar. I'm Google maps. I'm going to tell you, it's going to take you this line to get there based on my estimated travel conditions, how far away it is and everything like that. Waze will do that for me. That's super, super valuable stuff. And Waze is especially good because it'll also do it for uh, uh, road construction, which we have a lot of these days. And that's the sort of thing you want a, a truly smart calendar to do. Like you put in what you're going to do, you tell you, tell it where it's going to go. And then it can figure out the rest of it. And Google Calendar is so good that sometimes I can just put in like, like we get a restaurant reservation and then so open table will then push that reservation to my calendar and include just the name of the restaurant and the address. And that may, then I'll get a notification on my phone, 20 minutes where I have to go saying like, you have to go to the, you should leave now based on the current traffic conditions and we get there on time. Like that's sure. perfect. That's flawless. And one of the things I've noticed with that, and I don't remember, it might be an iCloud calendar thing. Um, if you say I have, a meeting like for me it was i had a meeting downtown at 9 a.m so it blocked from nine to noon or whatever on my calendar but then it also had kind of like a 
lighter colored version of that event. So if let's say it was a blue calendar, it was like a lighter blue above it for the hour leading up to it, where it was like, this is your travel time. Also don't book anything oh. here because, because uh, I, I could make the mistake. Of being like, oh yeah, I can totally do that at seven because I don't have anything till eight. But in reality, no, I should be in the car at seven because I need to make it there by eight. So it, it would factor in for right. the travel time. Uh, uh, that's but really good. I, I, as far as I know, it's only been something that I've seen once on my calendar. And I think it was an iCloud calendar. It's really good. And that's something you should see more of all the time. I think part of the issue is that it's difficult to forecast things accurately that far out in the future. Like <clears throat> if you schedule a meeting, you know, three weeks in advance or something like that, the traffic conditions and everything might change substantially out there. So the time that you blocked out might not be sure. the same anymore. But even a ballpark right. I think is better than well, I mean, at all. I, I think the way that it was factoring it, because it showed up. I added it to my calendar on like Monday and I was traveling on Wednesday or Thursday. And so whatever mm-hmm. day it was that I was traveling is when it actually showed that grayed out area. So it didn't tell right. me ahead of time, like, Hey, you're going to need this. And I've even done it. I did it back. I've done it a couple of times. I did it when we were going to Minnesota for a thing. Uh, I put it in my calendar and said, we're going to be to Minnesota or to CJ's dad's house at three o'clock. What time do I need to leave to get there? And so I looked it up on the map and it was like, oh, you need to leave at this time. And so it had blocked out like the whole day for driving because we drive. So good. And uh, this is exactly yeah. what you want. It's like a conversation about uh, conversational interfaces we had where you want some agency in the system so it can make good decisions for you. Like saying like, okay, I understand that because you don't live in the internet, it's going to take some time for you to travel from place to place. So I'm going to go ahead and make sure that I block that out for you. Yeah, that's exactly what you want. And I mean, it was just do. using like a basic, here's the average commute time, I assume. And, and then as it yeah, gets closer to the day or as it gets to that morning, it might adjust that. Or And it didn't send me the notification until it was actually time to leave, even though on the calendar it actually booked like an extra half hour or whatever. Yeah. No, that's what you want. You, you want these devices all talking to each other, all these devices and systems and everything like that, because they're more powerful together than they are apart. And you can have, rely on highly specialized things like maps or ways to give you information about commute times so that your calendar application can then take all that information in and figure out what the right thing to do is. Right. But keeping track of appointments and and, and uh, all your events and everything is just one thing. There's this movement now towards. Well, I mean, I always have a huge problem with scheduling things. You know, we work at a place, with a, a, a highly met, uh, meeting heavy location where there's just everybody is always booked all the time, and it's impossible to find a time where you can get everybody to come in and do it. Uh, so there's this company now um, that I just heard about the other day called X.AI, which is the worst name in the world. <laughs> It's just X. Um, it's just okay. It's X, but their product is called Amy for some reason. Yep, that's that's just like the Echo uses Alexa, or the iPhone uses Siri. It's just the name they've given to the assistant. But I but they make this assistant. It, like I just it's weird because like Amazon makes a bunch of stuff. The Echo does a lot of stuff. The like my iPhone has Siri, but it also has a lot of other stuff. This is like the one thing they do. They make Amy, but they don't call the company right. X. It, Maybe Amy.ai was taken. It could be. Um, But I really like the idea here. They've got this AI, and you just... So you get a meeting request, and then you just uh, fork it over to this AI, and then it works with the people who are in the meeting to find out a time that works for them. Sure. So it's it's similar to Uh, the way, like, like for us internally, and I assume for you internally, everybody uses 365, so you can look at availability in there and say, okay, well, here's the time. If I plug in, these are the 10 people I need in this meeting or five people I need in this meeting. God forbid you need 10 right. people in a meeting. Um, but you, you plug everybody in, in and you say, okay, here's the slot that works for everybody on the calendar. Right. Well, and 
Outlook does a really good job. It has the scheduling assistant where you can see all the people's times and they're they're free and that kind of thing. Um, It has some other issues where uh, not everything you want to display is displayed, but as great as that is for showing like when people are available, it doesn't actually solve the problem of like needing to email a bunch of separate people and coordinating like, okay, you can cancel this meeting. You can skip this meeting. You can leave this one early. And then all these different days and then figuring out that one perfect time where someone can leave early, cancel another meeting and everybody else can attend all at the same time. So you can get to that time that you need. Sure. And, and that's, that's where these, uh, like you, you posted when is good. And it, it does the same kind of thing where it basically sends everybody a meeting and it's like, tell me what times work for you. And then they can go right. and say, I'm, I'm available here. I can do this. I can shuffle this around, do whatever. Um, and then, yeah. and then they can decide. And then once everybody's times are submitted, you can basically say, okay, these are the two times that work. Right. Right. Yeah. And when is good is really good. I think the, so when is good and doodle and that sort of thing, that's what a lot of places will, so at least what a lot of universities and stuff rely on. I think uh, X or Amy, whatever they call themselves is sort of the next step of that, where you just put all the people together and then because I believe, if I understand right, it uh, actually converses with the people mm-hmm. who are going to be coming to your meeting and stuff like that to figure out times that work for them and when they're flexible and when they're That's not. That's the way I understand it is that it, it basically sends them an email. And so you don't have to do the back and forth. When are you free? Oh, well, so-and-so's not free then. What about now? What about now? That right. It does all of that legwork. So you don't have to and saves you time. Yeah. Yeah, that's hugely powerful. And it makes it a lot more easy. It's like we talk about the conversational interface. It makes it a lot easier to... Uh, to coordinate stuff like that because instead of having to like go through these crazy calendar interfaces you can just reply back like here's when i'm available generally things don't work for me in this time but i'm flexible here and then the ai can just figure the rest of it out so this is just kind of of spinning off of that this is one of those things where you know as good or bad as siri or google's assistant or any of those things are right now i feel like that's kind of the next hopeful step is that i could go to siri and say hey siri i need to have a meeting or i need to record interface with andrew and chase and right. does Thursday at noon work? That's when we normally record. Can we do Thursday at noon? And then it would reach out to your iPhone's assistant. And without ever prompting you, it could check and make sure, okay, Andrew's free at, at noon and Chase is free at noon. And, and it could right. it could take care of all of that. And then once it comes back, it could say, it looks like both Chase and Andrew are free at noon on Thursday. Do you want me to schedule that? And I can say yes. And then it adds it to my calendar and sends you guys the thing. So it could do all that right. behind the scenes checking availability. The, the upside yeah. of something like that is that in theory, if you had multiple calendars on your, your iDevice, whatever, it could look at all of the calendars that are there and say, okay, you're asking about Thursday at noon. Chase shares his Google calendar, but not his whatever other calendar, not his, not his exchange calendar. And Andrew shares his iCloud calendar and his Google calendar, but not his exchange calendar. And right. it looks like he's actually booked here and it could figure out where that, that open time is actually for everybody. Yeah. The one the issue that I think about with that is, uh, like, it presumably could have different levels of acceptance, of auto acceptance. So, like, Amy could come back and say, okay, here's the time that's open. I just went ahead and added that to your calendar. But there's also, I imagine, a lot of situations in which you would not want that to occur, where you would want to have some excuse to say, like, I'm not actually available at that time because you just don't want to go to that meeting or something like that. Or you're leaving that, that space open on purpose. Sure. Um, so the level of agency needs to be sort of dialed in based on your preferences and then also like just for politeness, right? Like if you don't want to go to a meeting, you don't want to like send a cancel or a decline or sure. something like that. You just sort of want to like, you know, let it slide or just pretend like you didn't see it. Cause that's all really, what you really want to do is just like say, no, I'm not available at that time. The, uh, the thing for me, I'm wondering if, if that type of gla- gra- uh, granular control comes out of something like uh, a favorites list or like a, a white list 
versus like a gray list. You can say like, whenever I get a meeting in between, like from, from my boss, I'm almost never going to respond to my boss and be like, Nope, sorry, dude, I'm busy then. Right. Um, right. But, but it gets a little more complicated with coworkers. Cause at least where I work, we have a fairly flat hierarchy. So there, even if my boss is there, like sometimes like, okay, that doesn't, time doesn't work for me, but let's find another one. Or I'll be with coworkers who like I'm on a project with and I need, like, I will just accept any time as long as it's related to that project. But if it's something different, then I might sure. and not. That's, that's why for me, I, I see it more as like, if I request Siri to send you guys a calendar invitation, it comes back and says, okay, it looks like Andrew and Chase are both free at noon. Then it could send the invitation out to you guys. And at that point actually say, Ian would like to request a meeting at this time. Does that work? I, I don't know that I'm, I'm ever to a point with the exception of like my shared calendar with my wife, where when something goes on the calendar, it's on the calendar. There's no arguing it. Like usually we've either discussed it ahead of time or it's something like a doctor's appointment or something like that. I'm like, we're not rescheduling that. Then it's fine for it to just add it to the calendar. And, and like on, on iOS, if you use the iCloud family calendar, it just prompts me and says, Hey, there was a new item added to your calendar. There's no accept or decline, or maybe it's just, mm. it's on the calendar. And I say, okay, because I, I think that at that level, it's like, okay, you assume that the family calendar is something that everybody can agree with. Right. Right. And Taylor and I share calendars. And so we can see like when we're blocked out for stuff like that. And it's really great when she was still taking classes. Cause I could see how my calendar would line up with hers and we could coordinate rides and when we we're going to meet and stuff like that. I think one of the cool, I mean, I feel like a lot of the calendar stuff is a stopgap solution. I'm not really sure what the ideal thing is. I mean, definitely you want to reduce the number of meetings you have and that's what stuff like is and Slack and potentially agile is for, right. To just make sure that you only meet when you absolutely have right. to. But in the meantime, like we have, we have X.AI and then there's this, uh, this pretty cool actually sunrise app that, uh, uh, it, well, at least when Sonaris is around, this, it's like a keyboard replacement for iOS that when you are emailing somebody will go and look at their calendar if, and then show you uh, your calendar and their calendar superimposed on top of each other and then the open blocks that you can just tap and automatically put in the times right there and then it'll send those along with the email as potential options to meet to the person you're talking to. That's that's super interesting. I didn't realize Sunrise did that because so I had tried Sunrise like... I don't know, forever ago. And it used to just be like a basic calendar app. And the big thing that they promoted that they would do is they would, they would figure out the travel time and, and some of that stuff. And so that's what I remember out sunrise. I didn't realize they had, they had a kind of advanced beyond that. And for me, when I had signed up for it, I think it only worked with a Google calendar, which like I said, my Google calendar is almost entirely for personal stuff. Right. No, I, I, I mean, they started to advance a little bit longer. You actually got me thinking about that. Cause I think one of the things that they talked about doing was travel times and a bunch of other things like that. And I was thinking how cool it would be if, when you put in a location, it can identify whether or not this is taking a place at an indoor or outdoor location. And then it could go ahead and make reservations like if, it's, if you're in an outdoor place and it looks like it might rain that day, you can go ahead and make reservations at an indoor location as a rain check so that if something goes wrong and it rains, you're not screwed with your uh, your meeting. You can go ahead and do it somewhere else. And that got me thinking then about uh, just sort of the agency problem again. And there's a lot of talk about like the best interfaces, no interface, blah, blah, blah. But like when do you allow somebody to interject, like, like a, a user to come in and say, like, no, you're doing the wrong thing? Like where's that line between agency and uh, – uh, asking the user what to do because you don't want to be too annoying, right? You don't want to constantly ask the user what to do, but at the same time you want to have a certain amount of, of agency to go and solve a problem on your own. Right. Well, I think that would, uh, that would totally depend. Again, that, that comes back to that whole idea of like the whitelist. Like if I can just say, Hey, you can always accept invitations from this person as long as I'm free, that's fine. But there's still, you still want that control of, of being prompted. And, and 
maybe my calendar is just not as complicated as other people's calendars. And I obviously have no idea what, like, I know you and Jay seem to have very busy calendars versus I'm very good at avoiding meetings whenever I can. And <laughs> so for me, it's like, yeah. oh, well, if I get a calendar invitation, most likely I'm going to be able to accept it. And so I, a lot of times I'm like, I don't prompt me for it. Just put it on my calendar. It's fine. Uh, and I do, I do like the, uh, a lot of calendars now. Well, I shouldn't say a lot of calendars. I know Outlook does this, and I know that um, iCloud is getting better at this. Maybe it's Google that's getting better at this, where if somebody sends you a meeting request, it automatically like puts it on your calendar, but it's not like locked in until you accept the invitation. And for me, that's almost as good because then I can right away see it and I can be like, okay, yes, that's going to give me enough time. I have some time to work before it. I have some time to do, do work after it. It's not crammed up against something else. And, and so having that kind of pseudo agency where it's like, Hey, I'm on your calendar unless you decide that you don't want me on the calendar, but it hasn't told them that it's on the calendar yet. And that kind of like in between areas is really nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's a challenging problem. Hey everybody, I'm Nigel, the Interface Intern. Just wanted to ask you, the listeners, to go to the Interface Facebook page and hit like on the page, or share the latest episode with your friends on Facebook. Just head over to the Facebook and search Interface Podcast, click the little mouse cursor, and then like on the page or share an episode. If possible, we would also love it if you could rate the podcast on iTunes or recommend the show in Overcast. This helps people discover the show. The guys have basically made my paycheck contingent on this, so it would be super cool if you could do those two things so I can get groceries this week. Oh, and one more thing, you can always find the show notes at interface.fm. I work really hard on them. So there's this watch on Kickstarter called the Calendar Watch, um, and I think it's a really cool idea for wearables because... Like the th- so wearables are kind of a garbage technology right now because nobody has figured out how to make them stylish and useful except for a few things. There's the with the withings activity, which is very cool looking <laughs> activity. <laughs> but there's also this uh, this calendar watch by a company called What, and um, it's a very handsome, very minimal looking watch with an e ink display behind it, and all it does is tell you the time and then show you when you have things coming up on your calendar, and it does it just by blocking out the times, uh, so it doesn't have any no text, anything like that. It just blocks out these hours or half hours or whatever it is over your day. It's it, over the next 12 hours. And I think it's a really cool way of like visually displaying what's coming up in your day without necessarily uh, having to explain what it is all flat out. Because like on an Apple Watch right now, it like lay out, like here's your events, blah, blah, blah. This is just a display. It's just a really quick, obvious visual display. You can look at your watch and go like, oh, shit, I have to leave because I have a thing coming up in five minutes. Sure. Yeah, I, I think that that's that's equally challenging right now with, with and both from wearables and apps just in general is trying to figure out how can I look at this and in the least amount of time possible, understand what does my schedule look like? Where do I have openings? Where, where don't I have openings? Where do I have like very little transit time? Or where do I have like that, that weird right. 20 minute break where it's like this meeting is going to be over and then it's going to take me 10 minutes to get to the next one, but it doesn't start for 30 minutes. So I have like a 20 minute time slot to kill. The problem with that is nobody can really get anything done in 20 minutes. So what do you do then? Is that lunch? Is that a coffee break? Is that yeah. your, uh, your chance to go take a dump? Like whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a problem with you. I just think be. this is a really cool way of displaying time and, and how your time is filled up. Like it, it's really quick and obvious and easy to see. Like, 
you don't you don't really you're not worried about what the meeting is you're not worried about like where it is or who it's with or anything like that all you need to do is look at your watch and see oh yeah i've got 15 minutes between now and my next meeting that gives me enough time to do x sure or not you know like this is really cool what is this thing called i want to look at this it's called uh calendar watch the most googleable name in the world it's by a company called what that's very helpful no. what calendar watch <laughs> If you say it just right, it sounds like a question. <laughs> it's just a, it's a really good wearable, right? Cause it's, I mean, importantly, it's stylish. And then second, most importantly, it's functional, but in a very simple way. And I think that's really where wearing, we'll talk about this in another episode, but I think largely that's where wearables are going to excel is by keeping things simple and basic and doing one thing and doing it really, really sure. well. Which also, I guess that's a good way of designing anything. Do one thing and do it really well and don't worry about everything else. Sure. This does look really fancy. Not sure that I would. Not yeah. sure. I mean, it does. You're right. It does look very stylish, very sleek. Um, and this is one of those things where, so that is a, a single purpose watch that's nice. And I don't want to dive too much into the wearables thing, but that's an opportunity for Apple to say, hey, this is a cool idea. We could use this in our watch or Google to do it in their thing. Right. Um, and I, I know you talked about the US2. Uh, watch faces and how there's all this customizations with that. Like yeah. that would be really helpful to look at where it's like, okay, here are things to, to notice. I also like, um, there are some apps that you can get where it's like, they just automatically put little reminder moments in your calendar. So it's like, Hey, get up and stretch for 10 minutes or, mm-hmm. or stuff like that. And, and I can't think of one off the top of my head, but I know there there's one that I had tried a while back where it's like, this is, uh, your time to get up and take a break for 15 minutes and you can be like, okay, snooze this for like 20 minutes. I'm in the middle of something right now, but then it's, right. it's automatically going to try to make sure you have a few minutes for personal time every couple hours to get up, go get a coffee, walk around, whatever. So you don't sit there and, and get stagnant in your, your day to day. Yeah. And that's a, that's so good too. It's, it ties back into this idea that a good interface is, is invisible and an inter- it doesn't have to be an interface. Like a good interaction is invisible. Right. And it's the difference between when you're talking with your friend and when you're talking with some stranger, like you can feel every word in conversation with a stranger, but you don't necessarily with your friend, it just becomes fluid and natural. And it's the same thing when your calendar automatically fills up with stuff that you need to do throughout the day. It's just there. It's fluid. It finds the spots that it can make it work. And that way you just move from one thing to the next. You never have to think about it or worry about it. Another thing I think is really interesting that, uh, I've, I've seen people do, and I I know my wife does this a lot with her calendar is, is putting in personal time on her calendar, which uh, is that something you, you do ever? No, I think it's something that you do when you have a lot of stuff going on and you don't have the time to deal with it. Like when you have too many meetings, but you need to get some time to actually do things yourselves. Then you put the time Uh, in. I've heard that a lot where it's like, Oh, well make sure you schedule like two hours in the morning or a day where, um, where you only do X project. And I, I put an, uh, a link in show notes to a, a medium post where a guy basically breaks down. Here's some things you can do with, um, with your time. And one of the things he talks about is having like having a Wednesday where it's like you have a day a week where it's, this is your day block the whole day as me time. Nobody gets to schedule a meeting then. And it's for you to do whatever projects you need to do, whatever personal stuff you need to do. You can break it down into little pieces. You can do it as one big block. Uh, like I said, I know my wife does it where she's like, these two hours are for analytics and reporting for this project. These two hours are for design. This 30 minutes is my lunch break. This 20 minutes is right. this. Pro-. And so you're, you're, you're kind of 
padding your own stats by saying, this is the time I spent working on these things. So if somebody comes by later and says, what did you work on on Tuesday? You can pull up your calendar and say, I did this and this and this and this and this. And I spent this much time on each of these things. But at the same time, you can uh, make sure you get those things done. Yeah. What, I mean, what would assist in doing that sort of thing? Is there a way, I mean, I suppose what you probably want is, so what you, ideally you could have a system that is monitoring what you're doing and in a non-creepy way, however that works out. And then they can figure out how long it takes you to do certain tasks. And then throughout a week, it just looks at your calendar and automatically slots things into based on how long it expects it's going to take you to do those things. And that's where it would be really useful for it to tie into a to-do list. Because usually I find to-do lists and calendars to be afterthoughts and just like basic lists. What you really want is for the, the calendar to say, okay, here's all the stuff you have, you have marked to be able to get done today. Let me go find spots in your calendar where you can do this. And then I'm going to go remind you to do it once the time comes up. Right. For that. Have you ever heard of rescue time? Are you familiar with rescue time? No. So it's, uh, they have a, I believe a Mac app and a PC app. And the idea with it is that it will, uh, run in the background and it basically just keeps track of whatever the frontmost app is on your machine. And so the whole idea of, of rescue time is that it's looking at you spent 75 minutes in Slack each day. Okay. You probably spent, unless you're using Slack for work, you probably spent too much time there. You spent three hours doing productivity stuff, which was Excel or word or PowerPoint or whatever. You spent this much time doing this. You spent this much time doing this. And I think their paid subscription will give you a better breakdown of like you spent this many minutes in Excel versus this many minutes in word. And I think it can do things with like actual, like, data changes. So like, Oh, you opened Excel and it was the front most app for 45 minutes, but all you did was like open it and then stare at it for 45 minutes or open it and then walk right. away. So it can do some stuff with how much time you're actually using for that. And, and using a service like that to figure out how am I using my time could be helpful figuring out then how to block your time. So it's like, Oh, I spent 90 minutes in logic editing a podcast okay, now I need to figure out, okay, if I put time in my calendar, block out a section of, of time to work on editing the podcast, I need to make sure that I do it in about a 90-minute section because that's about how long it's going to take. So that's really good, but you really wanted to take that next step and like automatically find the time to do it right. for you. And then it also, like having it read the frontmost app is useful, but I find in my work I'm often switching between three or four applications at a time. Sure, but it's... So I wanted to do less about like the application and more about the task that but I But it, it would do things if... If you're jumping back and forth between three productivity apps for 90 minutes straight, it's going to understand, hey, you were looking at these three different apps for this 90 minutes. And yeah, I mean, if you could figure that out, that all counts as productivity. So it could just be like, oh, this was productivity for this 90 minutes this day. And then you could go, okay, I know that's when I worked on X project. Yeah, if you could figure that out, that'd be extremely powerful. And this is where you really want an operating system that have deeper ties into the sort of things, or you want applications that have deeper ties into the operating system. So you can have calls into reading, like if I'm working a Word document, what's the text of the Word document? Use summarize, use something to figure out what the context or the information of it is, and then see how that compares to the other stuff that I'm working on, and then automatically categorize that as like client work for this client or something like that, or you're working on this topic. And then you can break it down with times and information and people you were working with related to that. And I mean, how great would it be then if it could automatically schedule meetings and stuff like that with the people you're working on? So you could just say like Siri, schedule a meeting 
uh, for this project. And then it goes ahead and works with all people's calendars and stuff like that, finds the times that are relevant, and then automatically sets it up with everything like that. And then when you go to the meeting, you have all the documents you need ready and prepared for it. So if you're working on slides the night before, it pulls those up with any additional notes or information you need to show it. Like that's, I think... I don't necessarily need a smart that's okay. So that's what I really want like a smart system to do. Right. I don't want to have to be involved in talking to it all the time. I don't care if I type this or talk or even like just do a key command to do it, whatever it takes. I just, the real benefit of a smart system and a smart calendar is how it can take away these things and make it easier for you to get the stuff done. You need to get done. So now instead of it, me being my responsibility to go schedule these meetings and do everything like that, we have these tools now that are allowing us to say, okay, here's the people I want to meet with. You find a time to do it. What I really want, to be able to do is I'm working on this, go find time for me to meet with these people when I need to. But in the meantime, give me additional tools I need to do my job easier. So find time throughout my day to slot in these projects that I'm working on. Cause you know what the deadline is, you know who I'm working with and you know, potentially like I can delegate this or I'm working on these particular applications and like that. And you've seen in the past that I'm doing all these things for certain amounts of time, slot that into my day automatically. When I need a meeting, go find the people I need to meet with and then give me the tools and the stuff I was working on right away at that meeting. Right. Yeah, and this is another one of those spots where it's like, well, what's your, what's your methodology? Like for me, I'm, I rarely need to bring things to a project. I very rarely have things that I need to show up to a project with. And again, that's, that's a difference of workflow. Um, but well, so, I mean, sometimes it means that I have slides to show. Sometimes it means that I have a document to show. Sometimes it means that, uh, I have nothing to do, but I just want notes ready to go. And I want those notes automatically tagged with who I was meeting with, what I was meeting about. And then like, would be really great is when I just pull information up about this project, it has it in a timeline and it lists my notes from this meeting, any, any other meta information related to that. So I have everything in a project ready to go. And operating systems don't just, they don't do that well, right now. So, uh, I, I assume you've used Evernote at least once in your life. Whether, yeah, whether by choice time. or not, uh, I, I yeah. can't stand Evernote, but I do like their tagging system where you can go in and say, you know, this is for our CRM platform meetings. And so everything that's CRM related, I can tag with that. So I show up to a meeting, I bring my iPad, I sit down and I just hit the tag CRM. And now all of my notes show up about the CRM stuff and anything I need to know about that project. Right. But, yeah. and it's really but good. at the same time, those systems aren't designed to be necessarily easy or transparent i have to go in and i have to sit down at the meeting i have to take my notes and i have to remember okay now i have to tag it this is a crm thing and i have to remember all of that and then when i sit down it's like okay was it was it recruiter was it crm what did i tag this as or or which note was the one that had the thing in it about the you know server requirements or whatever and so all of the the little things that go into it that um and that what was your your new desktop interface thing that you would sent me? Oh, desktop Neo. Yeah, that one. Um, so with with desktop Neo, the way that it kind of like just saved things and would do some smart tagging stuff, where it was like, okay, well, these are all words that are in common, and, and yes, the search filters and stuff like that. Like I use Apple's Notes app now for most of my note taking because I can really quickly just do a search, type in CRM recruiter email, whatever, and it will pull up anything that had those words in it. And then I can really quickly filter it. But if it could automatically tag and sort things and give me like a cloud of here's all the things you've taken notes about. Um, here's things that were recent. Here's things that are older. Here's, you know, try to do some relevancy. This note only has 10 words in it. It's probably not a very helpful note versus this note has 500 words in it. It's probably much more useful. Push it towards the top and 
But you notice, I mean, you want it to be on stuff more like, you want it to be less about length, something like that, and more about the information contained. Well, you, but you can assume that a, a note with, with 500 words probably has more information, potentially better information than a note that was like uh, CRM meeting June 4th, and then that's all the note contained because nothing relevant came out of the meeting. Like, Sure, but that's not word count. That's based on the information inside. Like maybe you have a meeting that is just seven words of an idea you had, and then that idea is what's going to launch your next yeah, product cycle. That's true. Like that, right? Like it, it's all based on context. And then how does it learn that? Right. And and obviously this is this is kind of taking the tangent off of calendars and scheduling and into to smart note taking and stuff like that. But again, the idea that if I if I get a calendar invitation that says CRM meeting, maybe there's a, a quick way within that that invitation for that appointment or that calendar thing to say, Oh, you might also be interested in here's some things about CRM that have happened based on other meetings you've had. So then it, it right. surfaces those at the same time. Yeah. This is why I think it all needs to be tied in at the, the OS level because there's so many different, like you work with so many different applications and file types and that kind of thing. And you want them all to be combined together and you want the context for each one of them to be, like I don't want only some of my documents to be able to index by the file system to tell me what I actually need to do. I, I want them all to be like that. And desktop Neo is interesting. We, we'll probably get into this more later because this is kind of a a passion of mine. But because uh, <laughs> I just feel like it could be so much better. And right now we're stuck in the past of like you have a file structure and I have files all over the place that don't really like they're related to each other and I know how they are, but the computer doesn't. And it would be a lot more useful for me if they did. And then if you could tie that into your real life in terms of, Oh my God, like, can you imagine if you have a wearable, the GPS built into it? And now not only does your system know like what you're working on, who you're working on with and when you have time in your calendar, it can also tell where you are. And this is also, I guess, kind of creepy. And there's another conversation I have, like when does this stuff become creepy? But if we could know where you are, and then it could figure out, like, okay, at this place, he's done X amount more work than when he's at this place, and it can suddenly shift what you do and where you work so you can be maximally productive. Like, that would be pretty so, impressive. And also, so when you're at home, you do a lot less work than when you're at the coffee shop versus when you're at the office versus when you're, right, uh, you know, wherever, at your co working space or whatever it is, and, and be smart enough to say, when, when you go here, you're more productive. So if you need 90 minutes to work on this project, maybe do it here. Not at home, right. because when you're at home, you're going to screw around. You're going to make three pots of coffee. You're going to play with the dogs. Your your wife's around or your fiance's around. You're going to go chit-chat, and you get distracted. And So maybe the agency part, maybe it shouldn't be shaping you into doing certain things, but it should give you some information, like a little notification pops up that says, like, you're 33% more productive when you work at the coffee shop that's two minutes away. Would you like to walk over there? And I'm like, well, absolutely. So that all goes back to the idea of rescue time. And I, that's one thing that I think is missing out of rescue times. I don't think it has a location where, and obviously it could do basic location stuff off of your Wi-Fi. I mean, when, when I'm connected to my Wi-Fi at home, it knows I'm roughly where I am. When I'm at work, it knows I'm roughly where I am. Um, so if it could say, oh, well, you, when you're at home, you typically waste time in Spotify and iTunes and on YouTube. Right. And when you're at work, you spend time in Chrome and Outlook and Xcode or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, well, so I know that when I'm at work, I'm productive. And when I'm at home, I'm not. So when I'm looking at, at those kind of stats, yeah. it would be uh, helpful to know that. It's so useful. Like things can become so much more powerful when you just give them a little bit more information, a little bit of context about what you're doing and why you're doing it and who you're doing it with. Like just just a hair's bit more information can make these things so much more powerful and useful. But eventually, they become creepy. Like it, 
Yeah, that's a conversation for a different time. Have I told you my theory that uh, you can do this sort of thing in Disney World because you expect it to be magical, but anywhere else you do that sort of thing, it's super creepy? Um, I don't think you've told me your theory. So spoilers for a future episode, but... uh, (laughs) So in the Magic Kingdom, there you can go you the, the Disney Magic Bands, and you can go to this restaurant, and they know your name, they know what you what you're going to eat, they know where you are, and they can find a table for you immediately. And like that's super cool when you're there because you expect Disney World to be like a place of magic and wonder and whimsy. But when you do, when like if I went in real life, I went into a restaurant, and they already knew what I wanted to eat, and they had a table ready for me, and I went in there, and it's like they were expecting me, and they had everything set up exactly the way I wanted it to be. That would be very But creepy. at the same time, I would love for something like Open Table to be able to do that. Like, instead of having to, I make my reservation on Open Table, and then we show up at the restaurant, and we walk in, and you go to that, uh, the front hostess stand, and you say, Hi, I'm Ian. I'm here for a 5.30 dinner reservation. And they go, Oh, okay. And they look on the computer. Okay. It'll be just a minute. Like, wouldn't it be nice if when you pulled into the parking lot down the street, your phone because your phone has gps presumably you have your phone with you that it could use open table and be like uh you know customer near and then and then when you get to this the restaurant or whatever you walk in and they're like hi ian where your table's ready because we knew you were coming two minutes ago this might be my hang up for some reason it makes me more comfortable when it knows my car is there or if my autonomous vehicle has notified the restaurant than if like my watch or something on me has done it but i still don't really like the idea that like i go in there and like everything is set up exactly the way i want it to be and i haven't done anything about it like that's just sort of weird to me especially since i believe i might be speaking out of my butt here but i believe the disney magic band stuff can automatically postpone your reservation based on wait times it rises you've already scheduled yourself to go to so it'll know if you're late and then it'll reschedule you based on that that's that's a very small area that's it's doing it and you're kind of i guess signing up for it when you go to disney and you use the magic bands which it doesn't feel creepy at, at disney i guess because you're like oh well i expect them to know who I am. And, right. it, and it's like you said, it's that whole added magic of it's like, supposed to be wonderful. You show magical. up and they're like, hello, Mr. Lilja. We see you have a reservation right this way. And they, they right. take you to your table and you sit down and yippee skippy. But it's not even that. Like you go in there and they know your name. They know who everybody is, what the relationships are to each other. And then they just take you directly to your spot and they already know what you're going to eat, what you're going to, what you want to do, who you want to see all that. Like they just know everything. And you haven't told anybody. It's just the stranger you go into says like, Hi, Andrew. Oh, and look at your beautiful son. Here is your table, and we're going to send Simba over right now. Like, are you, who are you? Right. And I, I wouldn't feel like it was creepy in the sense that I would show up and they would know who I am. Because that, that doesn't seem that weird to me. Because, again, location, that's fine. I, I arrive at the place. They know we're expecting a reservation. Now, the fact that five or six or eight people could show up and they know which one is which feels a little creepy. Like, oh, we know you because we have your face from the security camera on this thing. And you're like, oh, that's creepy. <laughs> but yeah, but to show up. That's Las Vegas. Yeah, but to show up, like, like I said, so I go downtown for a 5 reservation. If I walk in the door and I'm the person who walks in and the location of my phone says, this person just walked in from outside and they could greet me, that's fine. I really don't want it placing my order for me or choosing a preference of order for me because I like to look at the menu and decide what I want unless I order ahead. Right. So, but then that's not the same. That's carry out. <laughs> so yeah, anything else exciting calendaring scheduling wise? I don't think so. Calendars are boring and they suck, but everybody has to use them. And so I think, 
I guess what we approach here is that you can just make them a little bit smarter and so much more useful. If you want to find show notes for this week's episode, head over to interface.fm slash nine. If you're into Reddit, you can join the discussion each week at our interface podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, send us questions, comments, berate Andrew, whatever it is at, uh, at underscore interface FM. And uh, if you want to find us on Facebook, we're there. Search interface podcast, click the mouse cursor and show us some love. We release every week like clockwork. Oh, and also, if you want to be part of the elite club of uh, interface reviewers, head over to iTunes and give us a rating or review if you're a number two fan. How come they can't make product videos that don't have, like, jangly, happy, optimistic music in the background? Um, because then that would be telling too much of the truth. <laughs> I want like, I want a product release video that has the the uh, uh, Inception music behind it every time somebody does something. I'm sure there's a, a product of some sort at some point that's come out where they do that.